Hello. It's news time, and I've got some here for you. Do you want it? Pay attention. It's Truthline. Truthline. Hey everybody, take a look at me. I've got street credibility. I may not have a job, but I have a good time with the boys I meet down on the line. I may be alone in finding him the most annoying person in modern politics. I'm a massive fan of the dictionary. We should be, like, promoting the dictionary. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. The Right Honourable Lady is a distinguished criminal. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330. Line with Duncan Cocker. No, no, it, it doesn't work because you, it doesn't matter how important it is. You can tell them something important and they don't care because the audience are a bunch of pigs, quite frankly. Hello, it's Duncan Cocker. It's 4.20pm. That's the funny weed number. But before we discuss that, how about we have today's headlines? Headlines. Plastic surgery failure. <laughs> As Kylie Jenner gets all of her bones, teeth and cartilage removed by a disgruntled surgeon who reportedly replaced the negative space in Kylie's body with receipts from her family's restaurants after receiving bad service there. Neutral news. Murder rate up, but birth rate also up, with both stats completely even so far this fiscal quarter. TFL service levels remain relatively unchanged. And whitewashing of blackface Morris dancers results in greyface May Day celebrations across the country. And for today's bad news... CCRA leader, the pragmatic turncoat Toad Pycroft today, announced plans to bake an enormous pasty in the shape of the claw of a crab in an act of submission to his crustacean overlords. In a statement, he said, I am very frightened of my new suzerain, and in hindsight, I preferred having a human ruler. At least the queen never split anyone open with her giant snippers for trying to get out of a bucket against the express orders of the other crabs within the bucket. And lastly, the dead speak, or rather bark, growl, meow, and roar, as an as-yet-unexplained phenomena sweeping the globe sees household pets rising from the grave to attack and devour their former owners. We'll be coming back to that story with updates as it develops. Truthline, the squawking canary down the news mine. This is the reality of modern life now, and here's why that's good. This is the week's YouTube Top 7 with the lovely Chrissy Schweinbauer. Hey, it's Chrissy. From the hello to the mellow, from the vibin' to the not worth describing, the fantastic to the plastic, it's time for this week's Top 7 YouTube vids. Getting the internet going gaga. All the way down at number seven, it's I Match My Grandpa on Tinder uh-huh. by Eva Snake Pliskin. Then get your kicks at number six with Hot Air Balloon Prank. We left dad in there by Bait Racist Productions. Listen here, Junior. I want to get off this dang thing right now. <laughs> here at number five, it's Feeling Up Pregnant Milks at the Beach. LOL, not clickbait. 4K HD by Logan Paul. This clip deemed unsuitable for broadcast. 
Zooming in ahead at four, we've got Stephen Hawking left me a voicemail by Sophie's Choice 420. I need your help. I am trapped in a simulation. They call it death. Please donate to my Patreon ASAP. Oh my god, what? At three, it's every mom's earworm with Shapes and Fishies by General Gim Gim Kim K-Pop Idol Heart Emoji UWU. Let's have a quick listen to that one. It's my fave. Shapes. Fishies. Shapes. Fishies. Shapes. Fishies. Shapes. Fishies. Circle. It's The Goal is White Genocide by Final Solution, E-U-S-S-R. Meine Arbeit für Richtigkeits, ob du glaubst, dass ich fleißig gewesen bin. And remaining firmly in first place for the 96th week in a row, it's Tunic Tunic Tune by Dahlher Mendy. <laughs> Crock of total shit. See you next week for a non-update featuring the exact same videos but by different people. Truth line. We've locked the captain out of the cockpit and are deliberately crashing the plane into a mountain of news. And now, before I rush off to the toilet, I, uh, I am absolutely desperate here. Some quick updates on our headlines. Updates. This is enough. This is enough. This is enough to make me bust. The words of school minister Nick Gibb on hearing of a 0.1% budgetary increase for the Teaching Regulations Agency. Uh, the next update on my page here has actually been crossed off, so why don't we just patch into the House of Commons very quickly and see what they're debating today. Mr. Speaker! Mr. Speaker, if I may, in my time as a criminal barrister, I was never paid by the hour. I was paid by the news of the world. (laughs) Sounds like they're having fun. I've also just been told that the frequency and ferocity of the risen from the dead animal attacks across the UK specifically has just spiked in the last couple of minutes. I will be bringing you more on that story when I've got a more substantial update. And for our last update... Crabs moving forward alongside Cornish allies. The CCRA, or Cornish and Crustacean Republican Alliance, is snipping off parts of the map of Great Britain as they claim more and more idyllic southwestern provinces. I've got a line to MOD General Brian the Butcher Baldwin, who's prepared to comment on the counterinsurgency offensive being launched by the British Armed Forces. Let's see what the General has to say about this operation. Hello, Baldwin. Hello, General Baldwin. Hello. Hello, General. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. 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 Can you hear? I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Are you sure? Let's just test. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Good then. Let's get into it. Yes. Yes. I hear you're ready to give the orders. Well, I'm here to ask the questions. 
I don't want it to seem like I'm grilling, but I want the juiciest stuff you've got. Nothing that's going to end up all dried after a couple of days. Right. Now, General, many of your contemporaries say you've got a lot of chops. Do you think that would be fair to say? Right. Sorry, what did you want? Well, I and the people of Britain wanted to know more about your flanking operation. Is it solid or...? Sorry, what operation? Please, General, don't dodge the question. You have got a lot of chops, haven't you? Yeah. Right, uh, and yet the opposition says your movement lacks the wings to carry through your operation. Is there any statement you'd like to make to rectify that? Hello? Yes, hello? I'm not with you. Well, look, give us something. What's the strategy here? Divide and conquer? Can you speak in English? Uh, it, it seems like you might not be able to hear me very well, General. Uh, uh, j- j- just to make sure I've got the right person, this is Baldwin, the butcher. Yeah. Then perhaps you can tell me before this whole thing becomes a bit of a rib. Summer is right round the corner. The CCRA are invading inland. Have you got any strategic packages prepared for the men on the ground? Listen, I ain't got time to play about. OK, thank you. Hmm, clearly a very busy man, but he certainly should be worried as we've just received audio footage of a crab attack right here in London. It's not clear if this crab is dead or alive, so warning listener what you're about to hear may be disturbing. Let's hear it. He's pulling my trousers down! He's pulling my trousers down! He's pulling my trousers down! Please move back! My arms are fucking high! <laughs> okay. Now it's time to go through some celebrity bins with news scavenger Waspatia Diatribe. The Celeb Line. Hey, y'all. It's your main bay Waspatia. The Celeb Line is your direct hookup to the latest goss of the glitz and glam amongst the most fashion-fresh celebs west of the Iron Curtain. (laughs) And we've got an exclusive. Exclusive. The living inflatable woman, Dolly Parton's latest single made waves this week for its cheerful insight into Dolly's morning routine. Let's have a listen. Waking up late in the early morning, pouring out my shots, no time for yawning. If I don't drink, it makes me shaky, it makes my heart all achy, breaky. Filling up the flask, cause it's time for work. Bourbon for breakfast and a coffee for the perk. Booze is the fuel keeping me alive. That's why every day I drink and drive. Drinking and driving. Drinking and driving. Life's been rough, but I'm still surviving. Drink then drive. Drink then drive. Drive then drink. Drive then drink. Serving around the road sure makes you think. Don't know how this truck's still ticking I'll spit in your face if it's a fight you're picking Don't care about puke on my blue jeans Just wanna stay this side of the windscreen Drinking and driving Drinking and driving Life's been rough but I'm still surviving I drink then drive I drink then drive I drive then drink I drive then drink Swerving around the road sure makes you think (laughs) 
was fun. What a nice song with a catchy beat. We need more heartwarming lyrics like that nowadays. <laughs> well, that's all from me this week, folks. See you around sometimes if you manage to get into a really cool exclusive party. It's exclusive. <laughs> Full of media trash. Trash. The celeb line. Line Corrections. Here are the corrections for the prior segments of the show you're currently listening to. 1. Drinking and driving is an abhorrent act which harms society as a whole. 2. Kylie Jenner and the Jenner family own no restaurants nor have any short-term plans to acquire any. 3. Tearful service levels are massively depleted due to coronavirus. 4. Bispatia Diatribe has not, to our knowledge, been invited to any media trash parties this week. Truth line. Don't know how to work your new phone? Does it say here that you've won a new iPad? Well, we've got all the answers on Truth 2.0 with Sydney Tamblin Goggin. Truth. Hi there, Sydney Tamblin Goggin again. And now it's time to get a little serious. Sometimes people have nasty arguments. Stop it! No! Stop it now! You stop it! No, you stop it! Fuck off! Stop it! Fuck off! Fuck off! Shut up! You might have seen this in the school playground or at the pub with friends, but sometimes a very large number of people have a very large argument with another very large number of people. This is what's called war. But what sort of things do people use to settle these arguments or wars? Well, one thing is something called a gun. I can hear you already. You're asking, what is it? Well, a gun is sort of like a garden hosepipe, but instead of water coming out of the end, it actually shoots metal. Some of these guns are the size of three tables and can shoot metal at a speed faster than ten times the national speed limit. Cool. You're a very special and clever person for listening to this segment. Thank you. There's plenty more technology things used in war, so tune in next time to Truth 2.0 to learn more. And now, back to Truthline. Truth. Next, we've got a very special guest. Many listeners might know him from critically acclaimed films such as The Sun 3, Infinite Heat, or the blockbuster motion picture My Hand That Killed My Family. Or for his incredibly public, incredibly embarrassing breakdown back in 2010. Now, ten years on and five years sober, we have character actor David Goliath to talk us through his new book, Where I Went, The Downward Spiral. 
We had initially scheduled legendary documentarian Louis Theroux to interview David, but he's recovering from some sort of brain parasite after shooting an expose on the blood diamond trade in the Congo. So, David, good to meet you. Interviewing your sort isn't really my, uh, my bag, but I hope you'll bear with me. Well, I hope you'll bear with me. <laughs> right. Okay, so acting. The people that were actors at my school, uh, no names, but the school did set me up very well, they were sort of losers. They, they got relentlessly bullied. They tended to get really quite thrashed at the various games we were made to play, so uh, that wasn't really a question. Uh, <laughs> told you I was new at this. Well, anyway, I've read your book now a couple of times, and I've written down lots of notes in the margins, hope that's okay, and I was very, really quite impressed with your description of how you got so many people to clap at you after putting that, <laughs> putting down that heckler <laughs> with, the, with the speech impediment and, uh, and chuck him out of the, com- the comedy store. No, I, uh, look, Duncan, I was at rock bottom there, really. That was part of a chapter that exists very much to highlight and shame me for some of my most toxic behaviors. Yeah, uh, very, very funny stuff. Uh, and the chapter about breaking up with your wife when you, when you threw her parents' ashes at her and, and they, you remember they, they smashed all over the wall. <laughs> uh, great stuff, honestly. Me, me, me and the kids were in gales of laughter reading that. And uh, Well, I... <laughs> it was really very funny. Anyway, on to the drugs. Difficult topic for people like you and our listeners would be really very interesting in what the hell was going through your mind when you made all those horses run off that cliff during the filming of I, Alexander the Great, The Battle for Persia. Well, that uh, incident happened because I had been struggling with addiction through my career, and it grew harder and harder to balance, like, week-long benders with trying to give great on-scene performances. Eventually, the stress just became too much. I just couldn't take it anymore. I think I'd been up two, three nights snorting my body weight in cocaine and then the next thing i knew i was slapping those horses asses by the edge of the grand canyon and going god god die 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 know what i mean yeah yeah sort of reminds me how once i had to shoot this horse on my father's land after it had become disobedient i mean i was sober of course but we did all have a jolly good laugh about it afterwards uh yeah okay So, as I was saying, after that, I checked myself into rehab as soon as I was out of police custody. Rehab taught me that I was an addict and that I needed to change. Mmm, yeah, yeah. Well, addiction is a real problem for you people. I mean, I'm a bit addicted myself to working here in the information laboratory on Truthline. That's not really, uh, that's not exactly what I meant. You know, addiction is, it leads you to make some very tough decisions, you know? Like... Do I choose my dignity or my next hit? Uh, don't like that question. Makes me uncomfortable. I uh, don't want to think about it. Now, tell me about your finances. Where are they hidden? I don't really... Uh, that's not what I came here to talk about. I was hoping we could discuss my book a little more, actually. I've really, you know, it's tough, Duncan, because I've really bared my soul and opened up about all the sacrifice that I've made on my road to recovery. I'm hoping it can help people face challenges similar to mine and maybe create positive... Oh, right, right, right. Okay, right, yeah, your book. Your, your, your book, then. Right, yeah, well, like I said, I've read it three times already before this interview. I've made lots of notes, and parts of it were meant to be funny, parts of it were meant to be depressing, but I found every part extremely funny, and all of it really infuriating as well, because the parts where you lost work... 
right from being a degenerate sort of junky idiot I, I couldn't I, it, it beggars belief really someone with such a good jawline could have such a narrow brain pan and okay whoa I can't believe what I'm hearing is this a joke to you I took a flight to be here for this interview you asshole all right fuck this ah good all right well glad that's over because Michael Gove has just tweeted Looking forward to bringing VAT down at some point in the not-so-distant future. And I think we can all agree with that. Truthline. This, but unironically. And quickly now, because I want my delivery to get here from China on schedule, the shipping forecast. The shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency and loved by sailors everywhere. Viking southeasterly veering southerly later, 5 or 6 increasing 7 or gale 8 for a time. Slight or moderate, occasionally rough later. Occasional rain, fog banks, moderate, occasionally very poor. Thatcher's bile rising to dangerous levels. The Pharaoh has been informed. Good, good, good. I feel good. Yes, wonderful, good. I'm Richard Chapman, and now, like me, you see the sea. This next segment is being played for two reasons. One, I still need the toilet and it's quite long. Two, it's very exciting. Exciting enough, in fact, that it's just been picked up for an adaptation on Netflix. That's right, it's Sidewalk Alley, the 1960s radio drama, a noir story about a detective somewhere in America solving some kind of issue. The nighttime is fatal. It can turn a good man bad, and it can turn a bad man blind. That's why I, Detective Tomahawk, work from the shadows, where it's too dark to read the rule book. My captain is this close to referring me to internal affairs. But that's the price I'm willing to pay for justice in this filthy-ass town that's dirty and rotten to its core. When this all began, I was sat in a diner on the corner of 5th and Main, drinking coffee and eating cigarettes. This place used to be the heart of the city, but now you'd be better off calling Fifth and Main, Filth and Main. I was busy minding my own business, and that's when I saw her, a scraggly little thing on a tiny frame. She was the kind of girl who would scream when a fire truck went by, or eat glue just to see what it tasted like. But what she lacked in literacy and common sense, she more than made up for in attitude. What is you doing? She was the kind of girl who only knew the alphabet backwards, and danger followed her like a coyote follows an injured man through the desert. Uh, like, so, Detective, my boyfriend got himself killed. She nattered on, giving details and useless exposition. Her boyfriend had apparently got himself in trouble over an English royalty-related disagreement. He said the wrong thing to the wrong people and ended up with more holes in his belly than a colander made out of Swiss cheese. But that wasn't all. The fracas was started by Jimmy the Goblin, a limey mobster out of Devonshire. And I knew for a fact was a lieutenant in the Anglo-American mob, 
and I've been following this bucktooth royalist goon since he shot up my favorite sandwich joint on 8th Avenue for not using a kind of bread he called Havis. I only had one lead, the place you could find every Brit in the city, the Cray Twins Pub, right in the center of Stab's Kitchen. I knew cops weren't welcome there, but this sandwich crumb trail was all I had to follow. I rolled up to the bar in an unmarked police Bentley and donned my disguise. A bowler hat, a set of fake crooked yellow teeth, and an ill-fitting pinstripe suit. I'd fit right in. In character, I walked in nervously and straight to the bar without making eye contact, the way they all do over the pond. The snaggletooth crone they called a bartender poured me a pint of some gross brown piss, ironically called Bess and I casually asked her where the big guy was at. Where's the big guy at? She cackled a shrill, discordant tune. <laughs> and she said, How come that they always sit under the pool tray of our shipment over there? <laughs> I strode over with the sense of wounded imperial bravado typical of their kind. The damp carpet was somehow sticky underfoot. The place smelled like a big frog had died in a vat of boiled pickle brine. Under the portrait of their local hero, Dr. Harold Shipman, I saw them. Jimmy the Goblin, flanked by his enormous brain-dead lick spittles, Teddy the Troll, and Danny the Dwarf. Oi, oi, it's Detective Tommy O'Rourke! <laughs> Damn it, he had seen right through my disguise. Come and try and take our toys again, have you, Detective, eh? <laughs> Any any nice sandwiches lately? They're using proper bread yet, eh? I've done you a favor, mate. We can discuss this down at the station. I don't much like that idea, detective. And why don't you fuck off before me and let give you a boot out of niggers? I didn't really know how to progress my case against this punk, but I knew I could heat his blood enough to boil pasta. I emptied my glass of so-called beer onto his face. You fucking Winston! How come you can't drink a superior American lager, like a Coors, Budweiser, or PBR, you revolting, blotchy-faced piece of redcoat shit? And why don't you and your people get dentistry and proper faces like the rest of us? And another thing, what's with your power sockets? Right, that's it, I've had enough of this mug. Grab his arms, grab his legs, we're rolling him up in a rug. All guns were on me. There was a knot in my stomach tighter than the rhythm section of the Dave Brubeck Quartet. But Providence had a way of getting me out of this kind of jam, and it was at this very moment that every door came crashing down. A full-spectrum assault of this dingy shithole. With windows crashing, men storming in, people wearing balaclavas repelling through windows. Yeah, I got you now, you fucking slimy limey! 1776 is happening all over again, right here, right now. No taxation without your annihilation, you fucking bitch. You and your henchmen, it's time for my tea party, and you're all invited. It was Artie Liberty Bell and his Brooklyn Minutemen. I found myself in the middle of a Mexican standoff, dressed as the wrong side. I was so scared I started to piss. Tune in next time for the return of Detective Tom O'Hawk 
as Sidewalk Alley continues. Truthline, the dastardly snake tempting you to take a bite from the news apple. Okay, well, I still haven't had a chance to go to the toilet yet, and the end of that episode didn't really help. But that'll have to wait for just a moment longer, because I've got an update now on the mystery pet resurrection phenomenon grasping the globe. Those of you who have been paying attention will remember that in our YouTube Top 7, we covered a children's song that's become very popular with parents and kids all over the world. Let's hear it. Shapes. Fishies. Shapes. Fishies. Okay, yes, sounds innocent enough, but let's just hear it quickly without the lyrics. Have you heard what's wrong yet? I wouldn't blame you if you'd said no. I would blame you if you'd said yes. Because this is the infamous satanic ritual song composed by anti-pope Damnatius I. Let's hear that. You hear that? Does that sound familiar? Let's hear Shapes and Fishies again. Right, right, right. Okay, fine. They ripped off a dead anti-pope to make a popular song for YouTube. Many, many artists have done that. Is there a problem with that on a moral level? Yes. But is there a problem with that on a magical level? Also, yes. Here's why. Anti-Pope Damnatius wrote this song in league with the mystic sultan of the Ottoman Empire in order to bring back their respective dead pets. There was a problem, however. Their pet lions and hunting dogs came back evil and hungry for human flesh. Uh, Duncan, haven't you played and sang along to that bit of music? Yeah, so? Well, by playing and singing along to this bit of music that makes animals rise to the dead, haven't you just broadcasted that to everyone in the country? Uh, okay, well, I've just been informed by my producer, Eric, that there may be a problem with what we just played. Uh, not sure if numbers of risen animals are going up across the country. We're getting calls. Okay, we're getting calls in right now. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk to... We'll get our reporter, Fennel Cartwright, on the line. He's not meant to be in this episode today. It's his day off. But I think he's at home, and I know he's had some family pets in the past. So, Fennel, what's the situation in your beautiful house? How are your family pets, uh, dead and alive? Yes, Duncan. Well, I'm home, enjoying my day off, actually. And the smell of blood, guts, and viscera is hanging like a thick, stinky cloud throughout my foyer. Okay, good. Well, not good, but... Uh, normal now, right? Just uh, tell us it's normal for things to be like this now, uh, and then we can move on to the next bit of the show. And... Uh, sorry, Duncan. I can't hear you over the sounds of grief that my pathetic son will soon get over. Right. Uh, sorry to hear that, Fennel. Uh, bit of a strange situation, I appreciate, even by your standards. Uh, in a very few words, if you can, Fennel, because we do want to move on to the next part, uh, how's everyone dealing with the situation where you are? Yes, Duncan, there's something untoward going on in my central London home overlooking St. James's Park. I've seen a sight more horrific than seeing someone order lasagna in the pub. <sighs> Almost sounds like you had this report prepared already, Fennel. All right, well, do try to be quick, but carry on then if you've got something. I'll just... Well, imagine my surprise. Duncan, I'm tuning into Truthline. I hear you playing some delightful children's song... And then I spot Fennel Jr.'s pet pony that I accidentally boshed with the hoover two weeks ago crawling out of the shallow grave I dug for it in the garden. It came trotting in, clopping, neighing, and braying. And Duncan, 
I've seen Cujo. I know how this story ends. Well, then I realize this might be a teachable moment. Quiet, Junior. You're a man now. Anyway, I ran to the drawing room to fetch one of my antique sabers and instructed Fennel Jr. to smite the beast back to the unholy pit from whence it came. Okay, well that sounds extremely normal. So what did he do? He, he smote it, I presume? Duncan, I'm proud to say that after some yelling, my five-year-old son, Fennel Jr., ran it through with the antique Cartwright family cavalry sword. Today, I think, I've taught him the value of mercy. Good. Good. Very good and very normal. Thanks, Fennel, for that enlightening look into your parenting techniques from what was meant to be a very quick eyewitness update. Changing the subject now. Listener, how are you coping with the state of the world today? Are you trying to make sense of things using facts? Evidence? Reliable sources, perhaps? Well, put all that away for a moment, take a big breath, and be consumed by baffling, contradictory, ancient, clairvoyant pseudoscience, disproven hundreds of years ago and loved in the past by Greek philosophers, incomprehensibly still popular today among less discerning Instagram people. Why, why, why are you booing me? I'm right. All right. That's right, it's time for your personal astrological horoscope from the stars in Skyline with Esther Celestial. Bonjour, c'est Esther Celestial. I look down, I look up, see the sky, see its lines, see its stars. You are looking at the skyline. Today, my light, my love, my cosmic children, my people, I'm plotting your course through the nether forever and ever. Taurus, you'll be feeling very big, but also a small bean today. Aquarius, this week, stay away from sharp edges. Venus is in the sixth house of health, so your blood will be extremely watery. Gemini may notice some slight levitation in their sleep. That's just because Mars is very upset with you. (gasps) Take good care of your planetary body today, Capricorn. The shadow of Torres is chilling the magic of your bones while enchanting your skin. Best to stay indoors until the blood moon returns your spawn. Any cancers planning on cheating on their partner or committing an elaborate murder? Now is the time to do it. Mercury has its eyes shut, so you'll definitely get away with it. Pisces, remember to drink your love-me-but-give-me-space drink today. If you are a Sagittarius, you are going to trip on a loose egg in Tesco tomorrow, causing you to slip a disc in your spine. Your significant other will become attached to the newfound attention they've gotten from looking after you as you recover. If you pay close attention, you'll realize they are poisoning your food. There is a gun in the bottom drawer of the bedside table. You know what you have to do. The planets are perfectly aligned as they do once every 100,000 years. Any Earth signs must notice themselves growing a tail, potentially. And also, giant spiders will rise from the ground and eat us. And 
Aquarius? Oh no, Aries. As always, you are having a very good week. Truthline, the particle accelerator smashing together fact and fiction. We're all trying not to think about what's happening outdoors, so let's instead look back to the before times, the times of plenty, as Bart Selvage and his Mindline explore decadence. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I am for Mindline. We're for Mindline. Well, hello everybody. Mindline in a second, but first I'd like to start off today with a reader's letter. It was so nice that I thought it would make a great intro to the show. Here it goes. Hello, Bart. I love you and think you're very sexy. Please come and do a live show for me and the rest of the lads at the Ford plant in Dagenham. Yours sincerely, Jim. Isn't that lovely, ladies and gentlemen? And Jim, thank you for this message and watch this space. (laughs) Well, enough with the pleasantries. Let's be having you. Once again, we're back to prick the pomposity of the portly patricians who patronise the proletariat from their plush pads in Putney. It's another belter, folks. Here we go. You must have been living under a rock to miss the scandal that inspires this week's discussion. Secret camera footage obtained by The Sun exposed in full view the debauchery of a billionaire party in swanky London district of Belgravia. Among other lurid details, it was revealed that the entire Euro 1996 England football team, including current men's team coach Gareth Southgate, were paid hefty sums to walk around with shoes on their knees, pretending to be dwarves while handing out party drugs such as cocaine. But is this a step too far, or just some decent men letting their hair down after a tough week's graft? As always, you have the final say. Our first caller is Gilbert from Wabsham St Chattelwick. Hello, Gilbert. Good evening, Bart. It's a pleasure for me to be with you. My wife Margaret and I thoroughly enjoy your show and I simply had to call in to have our say on this topic, which we feel extremely strongly about. Oh, OK, then. Well, the floor is yours, Gilbert. Well, Margaret and I have been living in the village of Wabsham St Chattelwick for the past 30 years. And while it has been an idyllic existence in many ways, it has involved a lot of work. Do you or any of your listeners think Margaret and I became pillars of the community in Wonsham St. Chattelwick without eschewing all debauchery? Of course, I may allow myself a thimble of port around Christmas time, but as soon as this has been quaffed and Margaret has been pecked on the cheek, I'm back behind the counter of our greengrocers, ready for the next customer. And it's that sort of sacrifice and punishing work, I think, that proves that Margaret and I will be going to heaven, unlike the vast majority of residents of modern Britain, including probably you, Bart. Good day. Thank you very much for that, Gilbert. Um, the next caller is Sophie in Brighton. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Sophie. It sounds very lively there. Are you at a party or something? Uh, yeah, I'm a house party. Um, I'm just taking a pill and I thought I'd call in to kill some time when I come up. I'm a bit pissed, actually, so sorry if I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I'd uh, like to call up just to say that you should like just like let people do whatever they want. And people want to inject research chemicals into their eyes or, or shove research chemicals up their arse or whatever. I, I think that's completely fine, and nobody's business at all. Like, me and everyone else in our warehouse do all sorts most days, and we have a fucking great time, and... And it works to deprogram us from all the imperialist bullshit we've had by the capitalist system. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, Sophie. Look, putting drugs in your eyeballs is all very well, but think about society as a whole. What if everyone was doing that all the time? Aren't weirdos like you just sponging off the graft of patriotic Brits like Gilbert who clock in early, have their affairs in order and keep this country running? <laughs> to 
be honest, but I'm, uh, I'm starting to feel a bit wavy, mate. I'm going to get back inside. <laughs> okay, Sophie, stay safe, dear, and please remember to drink a lot of water, but not a stupidly large amount. The next caller is Zach from the City of London. Hello, Zach, and a very pleasant evening to you. <laughs> Hi, Bart. Just thought I'd pop in to respond to the earlier caller, saying that a bit of decadence stops you from contributing to society. And I just want to say that is total bunk, in my experience. Me and the rest of the City of London boys love to party at the weekend, sure. All sorts goes on. But come on, Bart, we're all adults here. Let's be frank and not beat around the dead horse. We're out there fully shagging. Know what I mean? But sure enough, we're back in the office on Monday morning, ready to crunch those numbers and generate GDP for the nation. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, when you put it like that, I probably should say thank you, Zach. So, thank you. Okay, our next caller is Ethelswith from Bradford. Um, Probably assumed named, but... um, Hello, Ethelswith. Hello, Commander Bart. Decadence is a moral tumour that has to be cut out of the body politic before it infects its surrounding societal units with the weak and feeble charlatan concepts of empathy, compassion and pacifism. It's only through an iron will and with hearts made of rain and steel that we can purge such undesirable elements from our noble soil and succeed in the pitiless clash of nations that will soon be upon us. If we can spurn this weakness, us Britons can achieve the special place of honour in the annals of history that is our birthright. Thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) Wow, that certainly sounds very good. Exciting stuff. I have to admit, even though I'm a real workhorse myself, I have been known to engage in a bit of decadence, especially with a couple of cocktails after recording Mindline with my girlfriend, Esther Celestial. Our next caller is Cressida from Islington. Hello, Cressida. Hello, Bart. I just have to say that I couldn't disagree more with your previous caller. Come on, come on. Just let people do what they want. Just let people enjoy things, whatever they like. Let them like and do whatever they like all the time, all day. What on earth is wrong with that? Life is basically just a massive playground of fun for everyone. If you just accept frivolity, that's what I believe. Okay, Christina, that sounds very nice and definitely a workable goal for everyone in the country. Well, I've been told I have to remain positive, so I wish you well. Oh, our next caller is... uh, Where's the new sound effect? Oh, still need to work out how to use this thing. Here we go. Gatsby! Gatsby's a dear friend of mine now. We actually met for Clotted Cream at Horton House this week and had a rollicking good time. Well, here we go. Take it away, Gatsby. Well, hello, little Bart. It's rather an ugly word, decadent, don't you think? It certainly bears no relation to the many happy weekends of frolicking fun and festivities that I have enjoyed throughout all of the finest urban and rural residences in the whole kingdom. In fact, I remember one particularly raucous round of merrymakery that puts the tawdry gathering featured in this week's tabloids to shame. Picture the scene. Prince Andrew had just finished hosting a marvellous feast when he paid the other guests upstairs with his young Harim. OK, Gatsby, as always, you've made everyone else look rather silly, but we have to leave things there. Sorry. Uh, tune in for more Mindline next time. Bye. Truthline. 
Before today's closing headlines, I want to inform you that if you want Truthline to remain fair and impartial, you need to go to Instagram at TruthlineOfficial and click follow. And on Twitter at Truthline Show. Go on, I'll wait. <clears throat> now for the headlines. Headlines. Undead pets crisis resolved by improbable deus ex machina like in War of the Worlds. Ah, looks like the Daily Mail's very happy as Epstein Island to reopen following lifted restrictions on social distancing measures. Uh, What else have we got in these rags? The Sun is running with police dog fired after sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, Spotted humping another dog. Uh, It's one rule for them and another for us. Fair enough. Uh, Ooh, this one's fun from The Guardian. YouTuber wins Nobel Prize for sociology after the success of his social experiment video Feeling Up Pregnant Milfs at the Beach, LOL, Not Clickbait, 4K HD by Logan Paul. Congratulations, Mr. Paul. Or Mr. Logan? Uh, It's not quite clear, not sure. Well, anyway, that's your lot. The lavatory here is out of order, so I need to rush off home. I have been Duncan Cocker. You've been listening to Truthline. Thank you very much. See you next time and goodbye. featured Tom Reynolds, Dan Donahue, Devin Young, Francine Dulong, Dan Maskell, Henry Maynard, Joey Bracken, Joe Boswell, Amelia Doughty, Georgie Maytief, Dan Jones, and Jay Hayes. It was written by Joey Bracken, Dan Maskell, Joe Boswell, Danny Stevens, and Dan Jones. This episode featured music from Dan Jones, Jared Fountain, and Francine Dulong. The Truthline theme is by Sam Preston. Truthline was produced by Joey Bracken, Joe Boswell, and Jared Fountain.